This is a friendly reminder from your buddy Marcus to get your flu vaccine if you're medically able. Flu season in the U.S. starts in October, and the vaccine takes about two weeks to become effective. It's covered for free under many health insurance plans, and is typically $30 or less if it's not covered. It's important to note that the reason we get flu vaccines is not to protect ourselves, but to protect the vulnerable people in our lives, like the elderly, young children, and the sick. During the 2018-2019 flu season, between 36,000 and 61,000 people in the U.S. died from the flu. If everyone who could get vaccinated did so, there would be many fewer deaths. So go get poked! The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Thalamore. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Episode 697, if you can believe it. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, joined today by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly, yet antagonistic, <laughs> Brittany Page, everybody. I'm never antagonistic. You, you've given me, I don't want to say a new lease on life, <laughs> but you've wow. certainly given me direction on how to deal mm. with, in campaign season, you get a lot of texts from numbers you don't know. Yes. Encouraging you to vote, generally. Encouraging you to vote yes or no on this prop or that. And also sometimes reached, been, you, you get reached out to by actual candidates. Yes. Well, so they say in the text message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's someone else. But I have been receiving a lot of these. And there's different approaches that you can take to this, I think. You can... Do what I'm doing, which you have already revealed, which is be very antagonistic or passive aggressive, some may call it. I've also seen people say, though, that you shouldn't respond and give them any any indication of how you actually feel because the, the goal there being to allow them to waste their resources on trying oh, to yeah. sway you. Yeah, I haven't heard that. That's... Huh. And if you're a dick to them, then they know they can take you off the list, <laughs> right? That you're, they're yeah. not, there's going to be no swaying you. So they might as well not waste resources yeah. on you. But I'm not taking that approach. I'm being a dick and not I, really even being a dick. Well, it's fun. It's a fun time for everybody, I think, including well, the people that are getting the texts. <laughs> Let's set the stage here. So earlier this afternoon, you got a text from a number. We're not going to read the entire text because it deals with specific California propositions or whatever. It's a dude named Jeff Petrus who's running for city council here in Costa Mesa, California. Yeah, I'll read a segment of it because yeah. you get... At first, I didn't know who he was, right? I'm like, well, let's see. What's this candidate about? And we'll we'll see how long it takes to figure out what he's all about. Okay. Hi, Brittany. This is Jeff Pettis. I am running for city council in Costa Mesa. I am the only candidate running that has the experience in mental health and substance abuse needed to address the homeless crisis and the accompanying transient crime in Costa Mesa. Dun, dun, dun. 
So we know where we're going here. He continues, I support growing our economy through low taxation and less regulation. Mm, I believe in buzzwords. I believe in medical freedom. The pandemic narrative has been hijacked and is being politicized to instill fear and therefore give control to governments. By the way, I believe this is the candidate because as we will find out in a few minutes, I went to his website and it's equally as poorly written. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. He goes on, I believe citizens with information can make the right healthcare decisions for their families. Heavy-handed government mandates should always be the option of last resort. Mandates should never be used without valid law to back them up. Can I count on your support? Reply stop to unsubscribe. And what was your response? I said, definitely not. You lost me with your goofball conspiracy buzzwords. Have a good Friday, though. Be sure to wear your mask. Bye. <laughs> How'd you spell bye? A lot of Y's and E's. <laughs> Mostly E's. But this also... Bye. How he ended it, mandates should never be used without valid law to back them up. This is a common refrain that you hear. From anti-maskers. From the anti-maskers here, particularly in Orange County with Peggy Hall leading the Healthy American Movement. And sure, we'll give her some promotion. Maybe she'll (laughs) sell some of those religious exemption cards she's so desperately trying to sell. She's also now selling mugs, hats, and t-shirts. Of course she is. Healthy American, everybody. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful grift. So I... Don't get a lot. The ones I usually get are from mailing lists and shit that I've signed up for. Black Lives Matter, MoveOn.org, whatever. And I was like, ah, I, I didn't get that. <laughs> and only minutes later, I got the exact same text from him. There you go. This was my response. Let's hear it. And inspired by you, because normally I would just ignore it. From your campaign website, quote, and this is from his campaign website, quote, It is my view that directing millions of taxpayer dollars toward new construction of housing for the homeless is short-sighted. We must do more than just moving them out of sight, unquote. We'll talk about that in a minute, but then I continued. So, it's your view that building housing for the homeless is short-sighted. You believe moving the homeless into homes is moving them, quote-unquote, out of sight. You're hilarious, dude. And to answer your question, no, you cannot count on my support. <laughs> how how petty are we? How petty are we? Hey, it gave us an intro topic for the show. You know, I also... <laughs> there was been, method to the madness. I've been responding because there's a Republican candidate running here in Costa Mesa, and I'm getting texts from her as well, and she was against masks back a few months ago and now she's on board with masks and regrets having been publicly against masks and trying to text me about her concern about public health and i won't i won't let that go in text has she expressed public regret about her past or she's no she's trying to lie about what her previous stance was yeah Yeah, did i say she regrets it i'm I'm reading regret into it because i'm sure that i'm sure that she does i'm sure she's like oh shit i'm trying to get elected here yeah everything's a political calculation and she made the wrong calculation exactly yeah Yeah. so anyway nice little nice little friday little friday activity well i'd be curious how people are handling their own text messages that they're getting because i'm sure they're getting them everyone's getting bombarded right now i've been getting a lot of phone calls from both polling organizations and also like some voter advocacy group called me yesterday and i want to 
I would encourage everybody to do this when you end the call with these people who are really doing good work is tell them how much you appreciate them and how important their work is. And Mm -hmm. I think it really, that's thankless work. You're just grinding it out on the phone. For sure. And people are going to be telling you to fuck straight off oftentimes. Yeah. And, you know, she was, how are you, do you have a plan? It's what she asked me, by the way, is do you have a plan to vote? Like we just talked about on the episode. Yeah. And I was like, well, yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I am prepared for this. And I explained that I was going to fill out my mail-in ballot and bring it physically to the voter, to the voter, um, to the polls. Yeah. I had a guy call me and explain, or he wanted my opinion on whether or not I was going to vote for some prop. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what that is. So I can't really tell you if I'm going to vote for it or not. And so he explained it to me. And then he asked me again, is that something you're going to vote for? And I said, well, based on what you just said, it sounds great. But am I going to trust what you just said? No, I'm going to go read about it myself. And what was his response? He laughed. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And then he said, well, just to let you know, your city council member, Harley Ruda. (laughs) City council member? That's what he called. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) He demoted our congressman. Yeah. You're taking away his title. That's not that's not cool. Uh, Harley Ruda is voting for it. I said, oh, OK, well, that's good because I'm voting for Harley Ruda. So that's a good point. But still going to go read about it, sir. Yeah. So thank you. Like we're just a rubber stamp for Harley on everything. <laughs> yeah. Running commercials in our district right now of how much work and how much cooperation he's done with with Republicans. Which I get from a strategy standpoint. In trying Orange to, County. Trying to appeal to all these ding dong Trumpers that he's. On board with conservative stuff and not just, you know, a Nancy Pelosi clone, but... Ugh. And listen, has Harley Ruda been perfect? No, he endorsed Michael Bloomberg. Yeah, come okay, on. Okay, but... <laughs> Cashing them checks! Yeah, we need to... <laughs> we unfortunately have to do what you gotta do. Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do, I guess. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Anyway, thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate you. On to some listener communication... As we have uh, quite a bit to get to today. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. Uh, I was just listening to your podcast. I was a couple episodes behind, but I just had a comment about uh, Trump and his ridiculous comments that waiters don't like masks. I think the thing to take away from this is that this is another example that... Donald Trump does not care about anyone else. He doesn't go on to say that these people work long shifts, that a lot of their work is communicating with masks on, and that it's hard for them on their feet, walking back and forth, wearing a mask. Instead, he makes it about himself. They're touching the mask. They're touching the plate. That's not good. You know, I heard once, Donald Trump is a dumb fuck. Anyway, love the show. Name's the best part. Not sure who the best part is. He said it too quickly. I think he said me, as in himself. Me, me is the best part? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure where he heard Donald Trump is a dumb fuck, but that's... I've never heard that. That is crass, sir. I've never heard we, that. We do not endorse that kind of language here. What well, a beautiful point this was. Yeah. Can I can I address it in a, in a sideways way here? Sure. A sideways manner, if uh, you will, Brittany Page. Yeah. I don't look at Donald Trump as trying to, like, not identifying with waiter. I, although I'm sure Donald Trump does not identify with service p- people. Absolutely. Service mm-hmm. workers. Mm-hmm. I look at it this way. 
that someone on his staff sometime said something about about a waiter or something related to masks, and then Donald Trump's daydream imagination took itself off somewhere hmm. and just concocted this whole thing about I'll tell you who do- doesn't like who doesn't like masks waiters. It's the same thing with the soup, this cans of soup thing, hmm. where he believes Antifa super super soldiers. Are they're they're not they're not throwing bricks. Yeah, th- 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 those are too heavy. Yeah, they bring bags of of cans of soup, mm-hmm. and then he had this whole thing that he talked about mm-hmm. that was nonsense. Mm-hmm. So I think somebody on his staff mentioned something. Oh yeah, they're also throwing soup cans, and then he just concocts the fills in the rest of the holes. Do you think when he's talking about the soup, though, he's talking about he has to be talking about progresso soup because those are like big 16 ounce or 19 ounce. How big are those cans? Those are the hefty ones. Like the chunky, chunky, the chunky soup. Yeah, we're not just talking about like cream of mushroom from Campbell's. That's a little delicate soup can. He's talking about the progresso hearty. I don't I have no idea. Well, I need more information about what kind of soup he's talking about. To determine about. whether Donald Trump is a dumb fuck. Well, I'd also like to know what the flavor is. I mean, I want to hear Lot- some more details. Oh, you need lots of, of the ancillary to really paint the texture into the picture. That's what I would appreciate. Uh, here's another one, by the way. Donald Trump's ranting and raving about water trickling out and not having any water pressure. Right. That's another one <laughs> of him just, what the fuck is he even talking about? Yeah, but I, I seriously thought this was a really great point, and this is part of why... Hey, hey. I seriously think it's a good point. No, you didn't, because you, like, sideways addressed it or whatever you said. So I think it's a good point. <laughs> Jesse thought it was a shitty point. I, I think it's a great point. And this is part of why we love having listener communication on the show, because there's so many things that we miss when we're having conversations. And part of it is time constraints. We can't get to everything, but we we try to get to as much as possible. And we know sometimes listeners are out there thinking, can you please address this point? And we just don't. So that's why we appreciate you sending in listener communication. I knew it. I can tell by the look on your face when you're going to do that. Anyway, thank you, Nameless Caller. We appreciate you very much. Moving on. Hi, Brittany, Jesse, Popeye. It's Ashton here from the UK. Just giving you guys a call, uh, hoping that you're all safe and well and staying safe during these crazy COVID times. I um, I was listening to episode 692 recently and been meaning to give you a call about it just to discuss something Brittany said about not creating uh, an echo chamber for yourself on your social media platforms by removing people who don't share your opinion. I totally agree with Brittany, um, but I do believe it largely depends on the individual. Uh, And what I mean by that is I have some friends on my social media platform who quite often post things that, if I'm being honest, putting it nicely, it's utter bullshit. Uh, It is complete nonsense and can be very quickly disproven uh, just through a Google search and going through the right reputable websites through a Google search such as Full Fact or the Office of National Statistics, something similar to that, uh, will very quickly prove that what they have posted is nonsense. Um, And that's undisputable. Uh, And quite often I will point out to them, you know, without trying to be condescending or arrogant about it, I'll just say, hey, saw your post, just wondered if you saw this and if you were aware of it before you posted. If not, maybe maybe you want to consider it now. Um, 
But on the other side of that, there are people I've defriended on on Facebook just because um, I believe them to be more intelligent, more informed, but still willing to spread nonsense and bullshit about things that, in my opinion, is designed to drive divide. And uh, you know, I'm not really, I'm not really up for that. I, I feel like without wanting to be rude, some people just are not informed about it. And that doesn't mean that I'm super informed, but I will go and look for answers. Some people will just repost the same thing that they've been sent. And um, I just wondered if you felt um, maybe, you know, it's up to all of us to try and bring some people along with us so that if we show them where they can get the right information, maybe that thing that they posted was incorrect and this is the right stuff to be looking at. Maybe eventually we can get them to start changing their minds and start looking for the information in the right places other than just reposting the same bullshit they were sent by somebody which they haven't actually fact-checked. Um, just wanted your perspective on things. Um, hope you guys are well and stay safe. All the best. You're all the best part. Oh, Ashton, you are so optimistic and I have grown weary yeah, you're a little jaded lately. And <laughs> how dare you? Listen. All right, I, you're a lot jaded. Okay. I, for a long time, for a long time, I would preach about the importance of taking people along with you and trying really hard. And I would say that for how many years have we been doing this podcast? Wow, you really act like it's a slog. Is it six uh, years? Almost seven years. Yeah, I would say... In March, it'll be seven years. I would say I probably started petering out with that perspective two years ago is when it started. Half, I, don't, half, I don't know if... Halfway you, into Donald Trump's term. I don't know if you would agree with that. You're the one who would have to watch me like stomping around the house and yelling at 7 a.m. as soon as I wake up. Would you say two years is when it started petering out? Yeah, I think I'm I'm doing the math in my head. There's been Yeah, I think it's about two I do I do think it's roughly two years. There's been moments. And I, I certainly listen, I agree. I'm I'm this is some of this is in jest because that I do believe he is right. Yes, he is right. It's fucking hard. It is very hard. And I have tried for a very long time to do that. And if you catch me on a good day, I still have that attitude. But if you catch me on a bad day, I would tell you to go fuck yourself because <laughs> it's it is it's very very difficult and especially when as as he's illustrating with the examples that he gave there it's repetitive for a lot of people that they're refusing to really onboard new information or truly grapple with the corrections that are given to them and so you end up kind of although you may be chipping away you end up just banging your head against the same wall, the same person yeah. doing the same thing over and over and over, hoping that someday, maybe, somehow, you'll break through. Yeah. And it's rare. I, I know that it may seem like I have given up, but it's really rare that I delete people. I would say I've deleted one person. No, I've deleted two people in the past two years. Mm. So one person a year, that's not too bad. Yeah, not and, at all. And that's also, with, with one of those people, me trying very hard with one of them. So it's tough. There are people, I'm. there's a pause in the action here because I'm thinking to myself, what? how to say this, but there have been people, even in the last 
two weeks to a month that I've been, why don't you just fucking cut the cord with them, man? They're, they're not coming around. They are queuing on ding-dongs. Mm-hmm. Why are you still connected? And it's because you have a big, giant heart that you feel that there's redemption there somewhere. That they can be reached. Eventually, it'll happen. Well, I think Ashton is also drawing a good distinction where he's talking about people who are just ignorant, right? And who maybe don't have the information that could be swayed, that could potentially change their minds if they were just given the facts and accepted the facts. But then you have people that are indoctrinated into these various thought cults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's a little bit more difficult to break through in those situations because the partisanship is so strong, because the cult-like mentality is so strong. And, and that's when it really is difficult and trying. But I agree with you that, that we should continue to try for the most part. And it is important, but sometimes I, I want to take a nap. You know, I want to take a break. I'm, I, you've you've checked me a few times to not freak, not to snap on somebody. Like in Facebook comments, let's stay say for for one reason is that I'll be dealing with the same person over and over, and finally I'll just be like, you know what, fuck you, dude. And they'll it'll be like the first comment on one post, and I'll just immediately snap. And you point out that. And this may be unique to me because I have so many idiots out of the blue coming to me, coming to my posts and shit, mm-hmm. who I don't even know I'm not connected to. But you had said that people looking in from the outside, they don't know this is somebody you've dealt with 25 times. Right. And now you're just exploding all your vitriol on them. Yeah. And it makes you look like an asshole. Yeah. So I've, it's mainly because of that that I really try to not mix it up anymore because. My default reaction is, you're a fucking troll, fuck off. Yeah. And that's not good. I will also say I have had positive interactions. I have had positive experiences where people do come around. I've had positive experiences where people who have never mixed it up in comment sections in my various threads will message me and and say that they saw something on the page and that they really appreciated it and... I am left feeling shocked by that because I thought they had a different political persuasion or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. So you never know who you are swaying, even if they're silent. Even if they're just silent observers, you never know how you're influencing people. And that's an important thing to remember, too. Great call. Thank you very much, Ashton. We appreciate it very much. Moving on um, to more recent developments uh, related to Breonna Taylor. Hey guys, this is Casey from Kentucky. We are about an hour or so at the time of this call removed from the verdict for the murder of Breonna Taylor. Within 10 minutes, the city of Louisville turned into a fucking war zone. Wanted endangerment. That's what these cops got. They broke into somebody's house, plain clothes. No warrants, no reasonable cause. Murdered a woman in cold blood. Because some of those bullets flew through the apartment next door. Six counts, one in endangerment. Yeah, I could be wrong about that. About how many counts? One in endangerment. That's it. The state's gonna fucking burn. It's, it's already started in Louisville. The lockdowns are, I'm sure, to come. 
honestly just don't know what the fuck to even think other than shame for being born in this state. It's so fucking sad. I moved back here from Alabama because this was a seen as more of a progressive place than Alabama. And now I'm not even really fucking sure what that means anymore. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. I've tried to make sense of it. I, I just, I can't. I'm on a two-mile walk just to clear my head. I can't make any, any sense of it. Maybe you guys can. I don't know. Appreciate it. So the officers that were involved in the killing of Breonna Taylor were not charged in her death. However, one of the officers was charged with three counts of wanton endangerment in the first degree in the shooting. But this was because he fired 10 shots into Breonna Taylor's apartment and penetrated a wall of the residence and neighboring apartment, which was occupied by a child, a man, and a pregnant woman. So for the could have killed someone, he got a class D felony rather than the actual death of someone, which there was no charges for. Mm -hmm. To put a little bit more perspective on this, he also fired into her apartment through a window where the curtain was closed. He couldn't see into the apartment and was just firing wildly. One charge. Unrelated to the death of an innocent woman. They served a warrant. I think Casey said there was no warrant. I think he said that. That might be from an email we received. They did have a warrant. They did not announce themselves. They claim they did. But the boyfriend says they did not. There's a 911 call where he acts like he has no idea who it was. And in the moment of the emergency, he's not thinking down the road of how we can cover for something. Also, none of the neighbors heard the cops announcing themselves and they would have screamed it in the chaos of serving a warrant and smashing down a door. Well, in the press conference, they did announce, I believe, one neighbor who heard and the New York Times interviewed 12 neighbors and out of 12 neighbors, one person claims that they heard, but they said they heard just one announcement, only one time they heard an announcement. And the this person also said that with all the commotion, it's entirely possible that Brianna Taylor and her boyfriend didn't hear that announcement. Yeah. And at the press conference, none of this was mentioned. So you have 12 neighbors and 11 of them are saying didn't hear anything. One is saying did hear something. Sure. A lot of this comes down to who are you going to believe? And I, I saw conservatives in the aftermath of the press conference where the charges were announced saying... The facts are the facts. The cops have come out. This is what they said happened. The facts are the facts. <laughs> and how often have we learned that not to be the case? Well, I just love that these are the same people that, that talk about how the mainstream media is lying to you all the time, right? The powers that be are lying to you. You can't trust anybody. You can't trust anything yeah, anyone yeah, yeah. says except for the police. Who it's in their best interest to give you the story and have you believe it. Right. You can trust the police. No one else in authority, though. The other thing is that the warrant that they served came up completely empty. They were looking for drugs and money, neither of which were found, neither of which were in the apartment. Furthermore, 
she was not even dating the dude that they claimed she was currently dating. I mean, it just, it's faulty all over the fucking place. And they tried to cut a deal with the former boyfriend, the drug dealer guy, and, and have him implicate her ex post facto in those crimes to try to take some heat off of them. Because if they could prove she was actually involved, you know how people like Candace Owens, they run away with, well, then they deserve to die because they had criminal activity on their record. Breonna Taylor didn't have a criminal record. Nothing on her record. Well, and the whole purpose of the whole knock and announce yourself as police requirement when you are executing a warrant is so that there isn't confusion about whether you're an intruder or whether you're the police. And so if you're not knocking and announcing yourself loud enough, then what's the difference between what you're doing and a no-knock raid? Well, yeah, let's 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 bear down. Let's 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 uh, get down on the ground with that. If you break if you're if you have a no-knock warning, you smash a door down and someone shoots a gun because their apartment is being their home, their domicile is there is being broken into and there's violence that's going to happen what do you expect a private citizen to do but defend themselves in their private home where they're trying to sleep and they did this all the wrong way the louisville police mm-hmm. yeah obviously someone died right an innocent person died Right. And going back to my example where I talked about the conservative reaction and talking about it comes down to who you believe. The conservatives are choosing to believe the one witness and the police. Yeah. And the protesters are going with the weight of history in cases like this and choosing to not believe the police. And the police have really brought this problem on themselves with the test lying, right? There's a term for it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Also, I watched a documentary called The Wire, and I saw all kinds of lying <laughs> on that. The, so, the HBO documentary that lasted five seasons and dozens and dozens of episodes. Yeah. That's a great documentary. I'm in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. But seriously. You should also check out the documentary The Shield that was on FX. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's it's just it's it's been it's been maddening and all all the reactions to the protesting that I've seen from conservatives it's just the same conversation where they don't seem to get it they don't seem to understand what's happening and the human aspect of this is really lost I mean if you think of Brianna Taylor as your daughter and this had happened to her would they be saying the same things yeah, think about that. If you had a daughter who was dating, you know, a, a sketchy character and was no longer with him after months of, of, of being with the guy, he's no longer with him. And she's with a decent guy now. And then she dies at the hands of police for doing nothing. Her crime, according to the police, was past association with this guy. It's tragic. It is senseless. And a price needs to be paid but Kentucky doesn't feel like bringing anyone to account mm-hmm. these other two cops they're off scot-free yeah completely off the hook unless the federal government somehow brings charges and that's not going to fucking happen under Donald Trump I know we're jumping around here a lot but quickly going back to the the knocking and the pounding 
my whole point there was cops should be announcing themselves loud enough for the people to hear them. And if you have the New York Times talking to 11 neighbors who didn't hear it, then you were not announcing yourself That's loud right. enough. Yeah. And that is a problem because Brianna Taylor's boyfriend admits that he fired first, but he was firing in self-defense because he didn't know who was pounding on the door. Well, listen, if they were all wearing body cams, all of this wouldn't matter. Show us the body cam. Let's see and hear you screaming and announcing your presence. Let's see exactly what went down. Also, if a cop knows he's being filmed, he's filming himself. Maybe he's not going to unload a dozen, 10 to, to, to 12 rounds or whatever it was through a closed window, closed curtain into an apartment. There's lots of safeguards that we can put in place, but it is cops and cop unions that are resistant to that kind of accountability. The next, the next few years, the next generation will, 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 will tell how we deal with this. And it's the kind of leaders that we put in place that say something about our resolve to actually fucking change the situation. So I want to read a paragraph from the Washington Post, which wrote this really fantastic article. They published this article the title is Correcting Misinformation About Brianna Taylor. So they take different quotes and then challenge that logic. And so this quote is, quote, This is just an all-around tragedy. We shouldn't focus on who to blame, whether it's police, prosecutors, Walker, or Taylor. And here is the response to that, quote, The most serious questions here concern the investigation itself and why these officers were asked to serve a warrant on Taylor's home in the first place. There's the lie about the postal inspector. There is the fact that despite the surveillance on Taylor's home, the police didn't know there was another person inside. There are the police bullets that were inadvertently fired into surrounding apartments. There's the cut and paste language used to secure the no-knock portion of the warrant. There's also the fact that the officer who procured the warrant was not part of the raid team. There's the fact that five officers involved in the Taylor raid were involved in another violent botched raid on an innocent family in 2018. And it continues, but I mean, that's that's part of it. There is much, much more that calls into questions the tactics used, the integrity of, of, of uh, the methods by getting the warrant. I mean, it's the whole thing is uh, a fuck show, which is new. It's a new word. It's a new thing. Well, there's so many. I want to add one one other thing. Yeah. So they write here that Taylor was not deemed threatening enough to merit a SWAT team. Instead, she was subjected to all of the most dangerous aspects of a SWAT raid undertaken by officers in street clothes. There were no medics nearby. In fact, an ambulance on standby was told to leave the scene an hour before the raid. After she was shot, Taylor... 20 minutes. Taylor lie in her house for 20 minutes before receiving any medical attention. Yeah, not the case for the cop who got shot in the leg. That guy was getting attention right away. And they let her lay there and die. Cops in America from its inception to 2020. And you have to ask yourself, how are we supposed to prevent another case like this from happening when we can't even acknowledge what happened? When the police won't even recognize what happened? How are we supposed to fix the system? The good cops aren't calling out the bad cops? Is that what you mean? Yeah, I mean, we need to start from a position of honesty, from transparency. 
and and breaking all of this down and saying what went wrong, what needs to be fixed. But when the mode is protection, 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 yeah, then there's going to be no fixing it. It's just going to continue. And that's why people are in the streets. That's why. And that's why they should remain there. Because their work is not done. The point has not been driven home. People are continuing to die at the hands of bad, corrupt, inept, violent, brutal, idiot cops. We'd love to know what you think. 657-464-7609. Of course, as always, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone or an email to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. We would like to thank Stephen G. Stephen G. For upping his pledge. Yes. And we would like to thank our new Patreon supporter, Athena L. Athena L. For the beautiful Patreon support. Thank you so much. Yes. We love you guys. We appreciate you. All of your support goes to supporting and producing. Of course, your support goes to support. But it goes to producing the show. Um, We are... Very motivated to grow this show into whatever it is going to become based on what you guys want, what works for the audience. But we we have a vision for this thing. And it, it involves, once COVID's over, doing a lot more interviews, doing a lot more in-person stuff, attending rallies, participating in protests and interviewing people. We have a scope for this thing that, that exceeds... What, what we have been in the past. So it is with your support that we're going to be able to do that. Again, it is patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So you may have heard this week that Donald Trump is not going to commit to a peaceful transfer of power after he... In an answer to a question given to him by Brian Karam, who happens to write for Playboy. He is the White House correspondent for Playboy. Whatever that's worth. That comes into play later, but let's listen to the question and Donald Trump's answer. Again, President of the United States of America in the White House answering this question. If you have any questions, we'll take a few questions. Yeah. Right here, Mr. President, uh, real quickly, win, lose, or draw in this election, will you commit here today for a peaceful transferal of power after the election? And there has been rioting in Louisville, there's been rioting in many cities across this country, red and your so-called red and blue states. Will you commit to making sure that there is a peaceful transfer? Pearl of power after the election. Well, we're going to have to see what happens. You know that I've been complaining very strongly about the ballots, and the ballots are a disaster. I and, understand that, but people are rioting. Do you oh, commit to making sure that there's a no, peaceful transfer of power? We want to have get rid of the ballots, and you'll have a very trans. We'll have a very peaceful. There won't be a transfer, frankly. There'll be a continuation. 
the ballots are out of control. You know it. And you know who knows it better than anybody else? The Democrats know it better than anybody else. Go ahead. Mr. President, the second question is, will you... Please, go ahead. You asked the question. Why won't you go after the Russians? Say it. So this is, I mean, it's just going to keep getting worse. It's going to keep getting worse. So just set those expectations in now. And I've seen people post things online saying that we shouldn't allow Trump to troll us and we shouldn't be engaging with this seriously because what the fuck does that even asking mean? him this question means that he has a choice in the matter. And well, he does have a choice in the matter. He can like not leave. Yeah, he's the commander in chief of the United States Armed Forces until January 20th. What does that mean? Don't ask him the question. Don't let him troll us. This isn't a campaign event where he's yucking it up with his fucking idiots in the audience. This is asked a serious question standing behind a podium that says President of the United States of America. And he says, we're going to have to see what happens. Yeah, it's something that should terrify everybody because this is not a difficult question. And for all of the people out there who thought it would be funny to elect Donald Trump or let's shake up the system and elect Donald Trump. Yeah. We don't want someone who does this performative professionalism as a fake politician. And uh, Well, there is actually utility there for someone who follows the rules. Yeah. And operates yeah. like a regular politician. And it's someone who will leave <laughs> when the time comes yeah. that they leave. Well, the other part of this is is also very alarming. Uh, get rid of the ballots and you'll have a very peaceful, he pauses, realizes what he's saying. There won't be a transfer, frankly. There will be a continuation. Get rid of the ballots is what he's saying. Certain votes are more valuable than others, Brittany. Votes for Trump, very important. Other ballots we can get rid of. Other votes, not as important. Right. This is the... Listen, again, this isn't candidate Trump. I mean, even if we were, and I don't think we should, create some kind of a bifurcation in the man. That, oh, what he says on the campaign trail is just Trump being Trump. Blah, 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 blah. And then, but what he says in the White House should, by any metric, be taken very seriously. And this was said on the White House grounds, within the structure of the White House, the People's House, the Office of the President of the United States, issued a statement that we're going to have to wait and see what happens, whether or not we will commit to a peaceful transfer of power. That should cause everyone to shake in their boots. That is alarming language. That is an alarming sentiment. And now the United States military has to come out and make a statement that we're not going to be involved in the election. That's not our role. I know a lot of people talk about the Obama game. What of Obama? What of Obama? In this case, I think it's important. Think about Donald Trump's voters who most certainly did not vote for Barack Obama. And if Barack Obama had said, we're going to have to wait and see and get rid of those ballots and it'll be very peaceful. 
the White House would be storm would be swarming with militia ding dongs in their camo gear and and flak jackets that they bought at their local prepper store, and the White House would be locked down. But no, because it's Donald Trump, we all yuck it up and laugh it off. And people post posts like you're talking about, about don't let him troll us. Well, it's also concerning because part of the rush to fill the Supreme Court vacancy is motivated by Donald Trump's election concerns. And he has made that explicit. He said, he said, quote, I think this will end up in the Supreme Court. And I think it's very important that we have nine justices. I think having a 4-4 situation is not a good situation. (laughs) This is the president's words. So (laughs) he says having a ninth justice avoids the prospect of a tie vote in an election case. He doesn't say that. That's the USA Today summarizing his his position. Paraphrasing the idiot. Yeah, he's saying, listen, if, if it comes down to it and we need the Supreme Court... I need to have Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah, in there. I need I need my person in there. Yeah. Well, here the next day is the response from the woman who has vowed, who she has promised, she has given her word that she will never lie to the American people via the press. Kaylee McEnany, when asked about these comments, and with that, I'll take questions, John. Yeah, Kelly, I wonder if you can just clean up or clarify something the president said yesterday. Um, if he loses this election, can you assure us that there will be a peaceful transfer of power? You are referring to the question asked by the Playboy reporter, right? I'm referring to you with the president being asked if, if there would be a peaceful transfer of power, and he did not uh, say yes. Yeah, so I believe- I'm asking you, will there be a peaceful transfer of power if he loses this election? I believe that question asked by the Playboy power, in fact, I think I have it right here uh he was asked he was asked when lose or draw whether he would accept the transfer of power i'm not entirely sure if he won why he would accept a transfer of power that is um maybe the deranged wish of that reporter but that's not how uh governing very direct and very simple question if the president loses this election will this white house will this president assure us that there will be a peaceful transfer of power it's a very simple question the, the president since, uh, the president will accept accept the results of a free and fair election uh, but i think that your question is more fitting to be asked of democrats who have already been on the record saying they won't accept the results of an election um, in fact i have several of them here for you south carolina democrat uh, jim clyburn has said uh, that trump is not going to win fairly senator barbara a boxer has said that the only way Trump will win is to steal it. That's according to Democrat Senator Barbara Boxer. Uh, the Washington Post has noted um, they have a headline, Democrats may not trust the results of the election if Trump wins. And then you have uh, that beautiful quote from Hillary Clinton that Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstance. So I think your fitting is more question, more uh, fitting, a fitting question for Democrats. Yes. Kelly, uh, Kelly, just to understand this clearly, are the results legitimate only if the president wins? The president will accept the results of a free and fair election. He will accept the will of the American people. So for clarity, if he loses and it's free and fair, he will accept. I've answered your question. He will accept the results of a free and fair election. Let me ask- so two things. For anyone who watched this, and I don't know if you can tell just by listening to it, this was all theater. Total performative. It was a performance that Kaylee McEnany was giving for an audience of one, and that is Donald Trump. She knows who Brian Karam is. Everyone knows who Brian Karam is. He's very loud, and he's very brash. I don't like Brian Karam. 
He's uh, he's interesting. He's I don't like him. He's an interesting person. Um, but it's just funny that she's up there acting like <laughs> him being a Playboy reporter is somehow a mark yeah, against him. That's not even why I don't like him. I, what what I'm trying to demonstrate here, as you look at me a little quizzically, is that you can not like the guy and still think it's a valid question that does need to be asked. For sure. I'm not just defending this because it's, it's a guy I like, uh, Brian Karam. I don't fucking like that guy, but he's asking a valid question, and it made news because it's newsworthy. Yeah. Not because he's the Playboy reporter. Well, I don't think that that's why she's bringing that up. I think she's trying to discredit him yes. by bringing up that he's a Playboy reporter as though he's not a serious person. And as though Donald Trump hasn't appeared on the cover of Playboy and had multiple pictures with Playboy bunnies around him and shit. Yeah. So Cooper Hefner tweeted, quote, how strange watching press sec try to discredit Brian Karam's question by repeatedly referring to him as the Playboy reporter. Given her boss, the president was on the cover of the magazine and idolizes my father in unhealthy ways. It isn't the gotcha moment she thinks it is. Yeah, Cooper Hefner, son of Hugh Hefner. Mm -hmm. that, so here's the other thing she did is the trying to make fun of the question or discredit the question as a, a way to distract. Win, lose, or draw. Well, I don't know why you'd have to c uh, confirm about peaceful transfer. He's going to win. Oh, well, it's kind of a dumb question, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it, it, which is, what, what he means by win, lose, or draw is, yeah, listen, when all this thing is said and done, it, it's, a, it's a turn of phrase. He doesn't mean if you win... If you lose or if it's a tie, he's not literally asking that, Kaylee McEnany, you fucking fascist mouthpiece. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so this is a danger. This is a danger that we face in modernity. This is a danger we face in 2020. Another danger in the information age in which we live. Are Donald Trump supporters, namely QAnon ding dongs. 60 Minutes went to a QAnon gathering where these people are talking about their conspiracy theories and with complete disregard, complete and utter disregard for what evidence is. And when they're asked, hey, what evidence do you have for that? What evidence do you have for that? Specifically about COVID. Just listen to this craziness. Dustin Nemos is a part of the QAnon community, and it's also how he makes a living. This is Dustin Nemos of the Nemos News Network. Nemos posts on his YouTube channel several times a week, sometimes several times a day. Should we talk a little bit about COVID? And, and considers himself a seeker of truth in a fake news world. COVID is the biggest lie fake news has ever told. How can you say that when you look at the numbers? Well, um, I don't trust the numbers, first of all. In New York, they supposedly had hashtag war zone hospitals. I had friends and, and audience members going out there with their cell phones saying it's a ghost town. No one's here. You're talking to someone who is in New York. You're talking to a, a crew of folks who, uh, who experienced a lot of this firsthand. Well, why were the hospitals empty when, when these people went there? You, you saw it on YouTube. We saw it in, in real life. Uh, we, well, we saw it from you. We heard, heard your version. No offense. We don't trust you guys. As someone who was in New York City in the height of COVID, yes. who had friends in the hospital, I can tell you it just as simply isn't true. We had whistleblower nurses who went into this and exposed what was happening. Hospitals were actually monetized and incentivized to lie about COVID patients. What um, evidence do you, do you have besides 
online speculation. There's there's uh, months now of documented evidence for this. What kind? Uh, various articles. Uh, the Gateway Pundit, Zero Hedge. Oh, my many God. Nemos News Network, if you want to go search that. Absolutely. I've been covering this since the beginning, so I've covered every bit of it. Gateway Pundit. Oh, my God. What evidence do you have? He names a conspiracy theory website and then his own... That's like someone asking me a question. Well, where do you where do you get that information? Dollamore.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should try that. You should try that. Yeah, that would work really well. I think it would. So anyway, the reason this is dangerous is not just because <laughs> the misinformation is pl- proliferating out there and these people are growing and they're they they have the ear of the president and he won't denounce them and they've been named as as a, a domestic terrorism threat by the FBI. They're also now Calling into question the legitimacy of the outcome of the election. Listen to this. President Trump's going to get reelected. What if he's not reelected? Oh, he's going to be reelected. What if he's not reelected? If President Trump is not reelected, then that's for the American people to decide if the elections were fair. I think there's going to be a lot of very angry Americans that he wasn't reelected. It won't happen. The only way it will happen is with your vote fraud. That's not your, their vote fraud. So what happens if he doesn't? Then the military will probably step in. So you have to remember that for QAnon, Donald Trump is the central figure in this story. So if he loses office, they lose their savior. And that would be incredibly demoralizing um, for the movement. So this is the payoff that you're seeing of all of Donald Trump's hard work in... Fake uh, news, fake news, fake news, fake news. Well, not just that, also in undermining the trust in the upcoming election. Yeah, that too, sure. This is the payoff in which you have people speaking to the media saying the only way that Donald Trump loses is, well, there there has to be widespread election fraud think for that of, to happen. Think about that. The only way that candidate X will lose is, elec- is election fraud. Donald Trump won in 2016 against all hope. He didn't even think he was going to win. And when he did, I don't remember there being, oh, this must be election fraud. Do you remember that? No. So it is, it's, it's a strange declaration to make that the only way Trump loses is because of fraud. Not because of the atrocious manner with which he's led the country. Not because of the thousands of immigrant children who have been separated from their families, maybe to never see them again. Not because of the trillion and a half dollar deficits year after year after year, even in economic boom times. Not because of that. Voter fraud. Voter fraud. Well, it's also because Donald Trump is saying that. I mean, he's being very clear. If he loses the election, it's because it was a fraudulent election. He is setting it up to be challenged already. So the other element to Donald Trump's people... That is, I believe, also filled with nutter butters are religious pastors, religious leaders, spiritual leaders in our country who are all behind Donald Trump for one reason or another. And what I believe it's so they can maintain some semblance of power because that's what they're doing. But I have three different examples that just happened within the last few days. We're going to start with Robert Jeffress, who is on Fox News telling people that if you d- disobey cops, if you disobey law enforcement, you're disobeying God himself. 
Well, Lou, first of all, the idea of sanctuary by a church is a complete myth. Churches don't have that ability to do that, to harbor criminals. Law enforcement, if they wanted to, could go in any place and take a criminal. But what this church is doing is wrong. And Lou, the reason they're doing it is because they don't believe the Bible. The Unitarians threw out the Bible years ago. But if they did believe the Bible, they would know that Romans 13 says law enforcement officers are ministers of God sent to punish evildoers and to resist law enforcement is to resist God himself. No, I'm not talking about condoning police malpractice, but those cases are few and far between. Most police are doing the right thing, and the Bible says to resist them is to resist God himself. And I'll tell you, at our church here in downtown Dallas, our city's out of control trying to defund the police. We're handing out yard signs to our members that says, defend, don't defund the police, because we know we're on the right side of God and his word when we stand up for law enforcement officers. This is just, I was going to say hand-wringingly irritating, (laughs) but this is ring-a-neck irritating. Oh, that escalated. Let's take this to to its logical conclusion of of if you disobey the law, you're disobeying God because of Romans 13. All of I, I'm assuming he is against mask mandates. I'm sure. And he would counsel his individuals to, to disobey that, disregard that. Mm-hmm. How about abortion laws? How about gay marriage? How about individuals who are for, forced by law to provide the same service? The same accommodation for LGBTQ and members of the community who want to come in and get a cake to get to get married. What about that? I'm, I'm so that's religious liberty. They don't have to abide by what the law says. Mm-hmm. They're just charlatans, hypocrite, liars, and shamefully, he believes that his holy book is the word of God. He's willing to defile it. He's willing to twist it, to, to, to make it suit whatever his particular version of hate is for that day. Mm-hmm. This is a man who was in service to Donald Trump. Well, it also fits really perfectly with our bonus episode, which I hope you will check out, the interview that we did with Robert P. Jones, the author of White Too Long, The Legacy of White Supremacy in American Christianity. And, I mean, this, this whole quote from Jeffress really fits perfectly well with the argument of that book and the way in which that white evangelical leaders seek to uphold the legacy of white supremacy. And all of it comes through these buzzwords of respecting authority, respecting the police, law and order, all of that. And there is this part in the book that I actually wanted to ask Robert P. Jones about, but because we couldn't speak to him for hours, I didn't get a chance to, but he created this combined variable, the racism index, and he went through different analyses in the book. And I want to read this quote, quote, this analysis leaves us with some remarkable conclusions. If you want to predict whether an average person is likely to identify as a white Christian, and you could only know one attribute about that person, you would be better off knowing how racist he or she is than how often he or she attends church. Wow. Or to put it even more bluntly, if you were recruiting for a white supremacist cause on a Sunday morning, 
you'd likely have more success hanging out in the parking lot of an average white Christian church, evangelical Protestant, mainline Protestant, or Catholic, than approaching whites sitting out services at the local coffee shop. Yeah. Now that should send shivers down every white Christian's spine. Again, not his opinion. He's basing this on the research and the data and the metrics that he has available to him. And not only should it send a shiver down your spine, white Christians, but it should mobilize you to act within your faith communities and outside of your faith communities. And if you are currently in a faith community that values the words of Robert Jeffress or people like him, then it's time to speak up or it's time to step away because something needs to change and the complic- complicity needs to stop. And it's not just Robert Jeffress. He's not a he's not a man on an island who happens to have a Fox News microphone in front of his face. This is in North Carolina, a pastor by the name of Jesse Hersey, who was at some kind of a rally for Trump at a speedway. Here he is on the track, given some kind of a, an introduction speaking in praise of Donald Trump and talking about himself. And then we're going to get to him screaming white power at an anti-Trump protester. Hello, LMS County. My name is Jesse Hersey. And first of all, I'm a Christian. Second of all, I am a Republican. We have the most pro-life, pro-God, pro-Bible, pro-Christian. Pro-Israel president in the history of our country. That is him promoting himself, describing himself, and then describing what he believes Donald Trump is. Now, when they left the track, they drive by a local college. There are students out there. Someone's filming, and they are holding anti-Donald Trump um, signs. Like there needs to be a trigger warning before that, or we're both we're both making faces. Yeah, it's disgusting, reprehensible that someone would scream that shit in private, not to mention public. And a pastor that was him. That was Jesse Hersey screaming white power as he rolled by in his truck. Yeah. So again, this goes back to the interview, the book. We know that white Christians listen to the show. We know that they do. There are many white Christians who are Patreon supporters of the show. Yeah. We love our white Christian audience. We it, love Listen, it's not an indictment of all white Christians. It's it's a charge to you out there. Right. Not just from us, white atheists, but also from Robert P. Jones, a white Christian. Yeah. So that that should be meaningful, I think. So here is the last bit of religious support for Donald Trump. And 
this goes, a guy named Robert Henderson. And in the wake of the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, he gave a sermon taking credit for her death. We were in the meeting on Monday night in D.C., and I told him, I said, look, we need to go into the courts of heaven right now while we're on site in D.C., and we need to shut the mouth of the lion judicially. We need to ask for a judgment against the lion that has actually been devouring and intends to devour from the Supreme Court. We need to get a judgment against this lion that Paul said God shut the mouth of. So I led us into that place. Well, guess what? Ruth Bader Ginsburg has passed away. President Trump will establish a new Supreme Court justice. That's no accident. That's no accident. We dealt with that very significant. Someone said, now, how can you have the authority to do that? Because we are a house of prayer. Because you are a house of prayer. No individual can do that, but a house of prayer that is representing a culture can stand in the courts of heaven and get verdicts rendered out of heaven that will allow God's will to be done. Do you need to understand, if we don't shut down this abortion issue, that blood altar will invite demonic powers into this nation. It will continue to do it. As bad as killing babies is, it's not just about the babies. It's about a blood altar that is inviting demonic powers. We have to shut it down. And we need a judgment, a judgment, a judgment against the mouth of the lion. That's the kind of nutter shit that I grew up in. That is, that is identical. This could have been a sermon that was preached at churches I went to growing up. That he prayed to God for the death of RBG and was granted said death. And if he's praying for the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg because of the abortion, the abortion, the blood altar of God, then you got to know he's, he's praying for the death of Elena Kagan and Sotomayor and Breyer. These are all three white men who support Donald Trump and lead a flock. This is a problem on many, many levels. And it dovetails with QAnon, which is filled with congregants of these three men's churches. I also want to say that they have started to conduct polls and... Most Americans want the election winner to choose the new justice. I know it doesn't matter to anybody. Yeah. No one well, cares about it. But... It doesn't matter to Trump's side. It matters to the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so SurveyMonkey and Insider did a poll September 18th to 19th. And the determination there was that the seat should be filled by the 2020 winner. 45% said that. 28% said Trump right now. You also had Yahoo News, YouGov conduct a poll from September 21st to September 23rd. 53% said that the seat should be filled by the 2020 winner. 40% said Trump now. So by and large, these polls are showing yeah. that the American public wants the election winner to choose the new justice. Now, is that going to happen? No, because Donald Trump is nominating Amy Coney Barrett tomorrow. It, it's official now. We 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 predicted this was going to be the case. That's why we talked about Amy Coney Barrett last time. But it's official now. 
Yeah, so he's going to be announcing her tomorrow, Saturday, the 26th. And we obviously know the Republicans' intention is to get this process going as quickly as possible. And for those of you who listened to the last episode where we spoke about Amy Coney Barrett's Catholic faith and how it influences her views on establishing the kingdom of God... Um, I listened to the On the Media episode this week, and that's my favorite podcast, as listeners will know. Y- your second favorite podcast? No, my first favorite. Are we number one? Number two, I mean. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we don't really crack the top ten for Britney We Page. don't. We don't. I, well, I don't listen to my own podcast. So, uh, On the Media is my favorite one. But Look this- at you with your fucking jokes. Uh, <laughs> but this time, they really disappointed me. They interviewed a reporter who works for a Catholic organization, has a very clear Catholic bias, and he was highly critical of the media's approach to speaking about Amy Coney Barrett, particularly the the way in which they spoke about her faith. And here's what's interesting about that. Amy Coney Barrett is a Catholic. Joe Biden, the Democratic nominee, is also a Catholic. So the issue here is not... Amy Coney Barrett's faith. It is not the fact that she is a Catholic. It's the fact that she wants to impose her religious views on yeah. other people in this country who do not subscribe to her own personal religious views. And by doing so, by foisting those religious values and views onto the American public through the law, she believes she will be building or establishing the kingdom of God. So that's the difference. Let me let me say this about that. Because I you had me listen to the episode. And I always do what I'm told, for one. <laughs> and, and two, he took issue with them talking about that particular phrase that she spoke. Listen, the, no one is like trying to, to, to really take her to task for her privately held religious beliefs. She said that in a speech... To Notre Dame students, a public speech. And if we can't question the words of a future justice of the Supreme Court of things they've said in public to future lawyers and future judges, students of Notre Dame University, then what can we what can we talk about? Well, you can talk about Caitlin. What is her name? She writes in The Atlantic. Caitlin. The conservative that that Sam Harris is always propping up. Caitlin Flanagan. Is that her name? The only Caitlin I know is that... uh, Caitlin Flanagan. The only Caitlin I know is like the chick from Kent State who pooped her pants at the party and always has a gun with her. Uh, You know, the the InfoWars chick. Oh, I don't know anything about... I think her name is Caitlin. Anyway, moving on. Yikes. (laughs) Caitlin Flanagan. She wrote an article about... Amy Coney Barrett and the media's discussion about her faith. And I swear in the first paragraph, (laughs) she talks about how beautiful Amy Coney Barrett is. Are you kidding me? Caitlin Bennett. That's who it is. The poop pants girl. Is that true? Are you saying something factual? I don't know. It's a joke online. I didn't know I had to everything be totally... The views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I mean, no one should be ashamed of that anyway. I've heard there's some celebrity actually. Oh, Betty Gilpin. 
Betty Gilpin was on Mark Marin maybe a year and a half ago. And she talked about shitting her pants. And it was just a delightful story, a very funny story. She was so awesome in yeah. telling the story. If you get so fucking hammered out of control that you're shitting yourself, maybe a little shame goes a long way to make you not fucking act like that anymore. Yeah, I'm not trying to defend... What is her name? Caitlin Bennett. I was just asking you if it actually happened. Caitlin Bennett, whose Wikipedia has her listed as a civil rights advocate. <laughs> really? Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to talk about this fucking idiot. So, uh, Caitlin, the other one. Flanagan. Yeah. Talking about how beautiful Amy Barrett is. Yeah. It actually wasn't in the first paragraph. It was in the second paragraph. I'm sorry. But, yeah, she said, uh, quote, I could not prevent myself from noticing, too, how beautiful she is. Wow. Which is interesting. Well, you know, that's one of the qualifications of a seat on the Supreme Court is just how pretty you are. Hey, look at Scalia. That's a hot piece of man meat right it's, there. It's hard to take you seriously when you're writing a column. Yeah. And you're trying to, like, sway opinions and be a serious person. For the fucking Atlantic. And you... Well, I really love the Atlantic. I subscribe to the yeah, Atlantic. I know. It's respectable. That's why I'm saying... Oh, okay. What is she doing? Yeah. I... I don't know. I don't know. No better place to end the show than right there. We'd love to know what you think. As always, 657-464-7609. That is a three-minute limit from Google Voice, you will be unceremoniously cut off. You can also email a voice memo of under fewer than three minutes to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We would love your support helping to produce this program. Go to dollamore.com slash Patreon. You can also go to dollamore.com slash Amazon. If you're going to waste your money spending it and giving it to Jeff Bezos... You can buy what you're going to buy there, and then we get a little bit of a commission, a little bit of a cut, so not as much money goes to Jeff Bezos' pockets. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you for your listenership. Thank you for your support. We'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt.